orgasmic enlightenment, where the sexual and spiritual come together. I'm Kimanami, and I'm a holistic sex and relationship coach and a vaginal weightlifter. In this show, we explore all things intimate. I believe that our sexual energy is life force, creative energy, and we can use it to shape our worlds, strengthen our relationships, and self-actualize. I blend the most avant-garde information from neuroscience, ancient sexual practices like Tantra and Taoism, to renegade wellness modalities to show you how to create gourmet sex in your lives. Come one, come all. G marks the spot. The most elusive orgasms in the female world are all located in the vagina. These are so elusive that many people try to deny their existence. Indeed, many male researchers, in an effort to justify their own poor sexual technique and perpetually underfucked wives, actually set out to try and prove that vaginal orgasms do not exist. But all they are revealing to us in the process is that their partners are profoundly underfucked. Who does that? Who tries to prove that women don't have orgasms? In Western allopathic and typical sex therapist circles, they believe that there is only one orgasm, the clitoral. Again, if anyone tells you that, all they are truly revealing to you is how sexually inexperienced they are. Because once you've had the deeper vaginal orgasms, and by these, I mean G-spot, squirting, slash ejaculation, and cervical, you will never look back. I often liken the experience of clitoral orgasms to eating a piece of candy. There's a quick sugar rush, a hit, and then it's all over, usually followed by a decline in pleasure. It's like striking a match and then it quickly burns out. But the deeper vaginal orgasms are like a raging bonfire that keeps surging and pulsing and can go on for hours. They are much more profound, whole body, whole being, cataclysmic experiences. To be honest, if women had only ever had clitoral orgasms before, I can see how they might be kind of meh when it came to sex, like meh, can take it or leave it. Or they may think they have a low libido, or they aren't really that into sex because honest in comparison, clitoral orgasms are pretty superficial. All the good stuff is in the vagina, the tip of the iceberg. So the clitoris is literally the tip of the iceberg when it comes to female pleasure. 10% of a woman's true orgasmic potential is located in that external bulb that most people know of as the clitoris. 90% of what a woman can experience goes way deeper, far inside the depths and the Pandora's box of the vagina. I did another podcast earlier this year where we went deep into the cervix. It was called Five Steps to Cervical Orgasms. Today, we are talking about the G-spot and female ejaculation. So here are eight things to know about G-spot orgasms and squirting. First of all, all women can. I guarantee it. 
all women can have G-spot orgasms and all women can ejaculate or to use the vernacular to squirt. These aren't experiences reserved only for some special women. Some people armed with this Anami guarantee will go to bed and have their very first G-spot orgasm tonight just because I told them they can and just because they'd previously bought into the misinformation that only some people can. Nope. (laughs) Others might take a bit longer, which we'll talk about in a moment, meaning they may not have it tonight, but they will have them. Second off would be that they are full body ecstatic experiences. All of the internal vaginal orgasms change your life. And this is what we as women have available to us with every single sexual encounter, a complete rebirthing of the self. I often speak about this self-actualizing power of sex. In women, this is found in the vagina, not outside of it. The G-spot orgasm is brought on when a woman fully, truly, completely lets go and surrenders. She releases her fears, her insecurities, but most importantly, her defenses. She lets down her guard and allows herself to be fully penetrated, to open up and absorb the essence of her partner. This is bliss. Waves of pleasure radiate from the vagina throughout the whole body as a full body orgasm. And even more importantly than that is the emotional experience that comes with it. Deep therapeutic cathartic release. Here are some terms women have used to describe it. Seeing God, an out of body experience. For the first time ever, only after hearing you say it was possible, I had a vaginal orgasm and came so hard I screamed and was completely soaked after. Clitoral orgasms are just a cute little warm-up in comparison. More on this shortly as we will interview one of our well-fucked all-stars and she will tell us all about her G-spot orgasms. So third off is to know that squirting happens here. Squirting and G-spot orgasms are two different experiences, though they hail from the same region of what I like to call the G-zone. So rather than a spot, it's more of an area. So this spongy mass of tissue lives one to two inches on the anterior side of the vagina. Squirting can happen at the same time as G-spot orgasms, or you can squirt without an accompanying full body orgasm, or you can have a full body G-spot orgasm without the squirting. I will do another episode in the future devoted solely to squirting, but I'm touching on it here briefly to say that all the different female orgasms, clitoral, G-spot, and cervical are associated with some kind of fluid release. The female ejaculation phenomenon that most people think of, which is a stream of fluid that can literally hit the wall or ceiling and flow out as powerfully and plentifully as urine comes from the G-zone stimulation. And yes, squirting is real. This is not P. <laughs> Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Every few years, some additional underfucked researcher comes out with a declarative statement like, it's just pee, but it's not. Anyone who's had it will tell you otherwise. Much of the liquid comes out through the vaginal walls 
and they've tested it. It's not urine. It actually contains something called PSA or prostate specific antigen, which is found in the male equivalent of the G spot, the prostate gland. And in cultures all over the world, you can find anthropological and current accounts of this phenomenon of female squirting. In the 1600s, the Western scientist de Graaf found it. In Tantra and ancient Indian writings, it's referred to in Sanskrit as Amrita, the nectar of women's juices that are thought to be super potent and is also referred to as the nectar of immortality. And it's considered to be a gift so powerful that a woman would bestow upon her lover if they were but fortunate enough. And you can find artwork actually in different Eastern cultures that depicts men giving a performing oral sex on a woman and then collecting her ejaculate in a vessel. That's a power drink. It's better than any Red Bull, you know, bottoms up kids. So both G-sweat orgasms and squirting involve a deep cleansing. Think of all that water flowing emotional release. And number four would be continuing on that, that they are emotionally profound and cathartic. Some women cry, they scream, or even laugh hysterically. These orgasms are very, very cleansing, and they help you to release blockages that you didn't even know that you had. The Pandora's box of the vagina opens, and anything you no longer need that no longer serves you comes to the surface to be cleared. And this is why I say that these orgasms are essential good fuck therapy and medicine for women. You can work through a lot of shit via your vagina. (laughs) So here's a quote from a therapeutic user. The first time I had one, after years of not trusting my body, I cried in the fetal position for 30 minutes. I purged out so much trauma. I breathed in trust and love. And now I come every day. It's part of my spiritual practice. Amen. Fifth point, they might make you argue more. It's true. One of the major issues with G-spot and particularly squirting orgasms is that they can sometimes lead to more arguments over who has to get up and change the sheets. I'm being playful, but actually serious. I've known couples who were very prolific with their squirting accomplishments, and this would become sometimes a bone of contention. So here's a quote from a 45-year-old newly christened squirter. I have, for the first time at age 45, experienced vaginal orgasms and I am over the moon, never turning back. I have multiple where I lose count and I leave my husband to sleep in a pool of sweet pussy nectar. Oh, the trials and the tribulation, the price that you pay deciding in your post-fucked bliss who is going to get up to do the washing. Point number six would be that the keys to the queendom are trust and openness. These deeper orgasms require much more than just physical technique to make them come. And this is why they typically don't show up in labs or studies or other clinical and sterile places. Look, I can orgasm extremely easily, but if you put me into a lab with a bunch of like white coats staring at me with their clipboards, there's no fucking way. It just this would not happen. So this is a pretty good like analogy to relationships 
relationships that have lots of stuck energy. When you have all kinds of things that are cluttering up the space, they do not come. A woman needs to be physically and emotionally and energetically connected both to herself and to her partner. If you build it, they will come. Or rather, if you dismantle and deconstruct it, if you remove the barriers and the blocks, they will come. The main reason women do not experience the internal orgasms is because they don't go deep enough. And I don't mean physically deep. I mean, emotionally deep. I mean, full throttle, cracked open, vulnerable, heart obliterated, walls and defenses down deep. And that is why most women don't get there. They don't know the way and they haven't done much or any of this essential inner work. This is the clearing space and the block removal that I speak to so often. It has to happen to make it into these deeper places, the deepest recesses of the vagina and of who a woman really is. Point number seven, multiples are common. You can have many in a row, 10, 15, 20, totally doable. One of the golden rules of female orgasms is the more the merrier, aka one is not enough. (laughs) One paltry orgasm, especially if it's clitoral, is not going to leave a woman feeling well fucked. She will likely be restless and irritable because the depths of her have not been touched. And believe you me, we want it deep. Point number eight, go with the flow. Being in the flow in your life, in your feminine energy. As a holistic sex coach, I look at the body and our sexual expression as a metaphor for how we live. If you are juicy and flowing in bed, you are juicy and flowing in life. If you are dry in bed, I would say that there are areas in your life where the flow has also dried up. You might feel exhausted or burnt out like you are pushing a boulder uphill to get things done in your world. Women in their natural state of voraciousness, which is truly the natural state of all women, are juicy, succulent, and wet, wet, wet. They flow, they gush. She will lubricate and swell just by hearing her lover's voice. Even the thought of him or her will cause a rush of blood to her vagina without even being touched. Women will squirt left, right, and center during G-spot stimulation, flooding the bed sheets. And in life, they flow. They navigate life with an ease and a surrender that allows them to hear and follow their intuitive guidance. They go with the flow. That essence of flowing is the very nature of the feminine. If you are feeling emotionally dry and disconnected in your life or when there is no juice between you and your partner, there will be no juice in the vagina. No lubrication, no ejaculation, no orgasms. Unresolved issues, uncommunicated feelings, emotional backlog will all contribute to this. You need to open the emotional floodgates for the vaginal ones to follow. So the reason I speak so confidently about every woman's ability to orgasm and ejaculate on demand, regardless of their age or physical condition, is because I have seen these transformations over and over again in my work. Women come to me and they cite whatever reason that they've been given as why they aren't wet, why they don't ejaculate or have orgasms. And look, I give them a few tools and they are off to the races or 
to, to the waterfalls. So on that note, let's meet this week's well-fucked all-star, Relisa. So Relisa has taken both well-fucked woman and my vaginal kung fu salon, and she started with how to be a well-fucked woman. She has an incredible story to tell. She went from only ever having a clitoral orgasm to having her first G-spot orgasm and squirting experience within a week in the well-fucked woman salon. Here she is. Well fucked all-stars. Welcome, Rolisa. Thank you for being with us today. Hi, Kim. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. All right. Well, let's talk about your journey to becoming a well-fucked woman and all of your attendant orgasms along the way. So where would you like to start? I know you have so much to share and so many amazing experiences that I think can be a real beacon for people on this journey. Um, I think an important place to start would be sort of what led me to taking your course. Um, And at the time, maybe I was in a relationship with an incredibly wonderful man and we had two children and, but I, I sort of felt sexually suppressed. I felt a little bit like I was wilting away. Something was missing in my life. And I guess when you get into a long-term relationship, you know, that, uh, that element sort of, you know, that aspect sort of dwindles a bit. That's a belief for most people that it sort of slows down and you can have this amazing passionate sex and, you know, that it's just, it's not really that important in, you know, a long-term relationship. And that was really the driving factor. I just, I felt like I was sort of dying inside a bit. And I just, for some reason, I knew that it was, the fact that I wasn't experiencing that connection sexually that I wanted. So that was really the first thing that led me to taking your well-fucked woman course. Um, And I knew at the time I was tight for money because I actually wasn't working. And um, I had gotten a little bit of extra money. um, And I was like, I'm going to take it. I just knew in my heart. I was like, I I was just kept being drawn to everything, um, you know, with your posts, with everything that you do. And I was like, I have to take this course. So I took the course um, and it wasn't, I didn't even know what to expect, to be honest. I just knew that I needed to be awakened. I had just turned 33. Um, I was in my 34th year, so I was 33 and a bit. And I just kept hearing that's such a significant year for me because it's also my life path in numerology. But I just kept hearing that a woman sort of awakens around the 33rd year. I don't know where I heard that from or, but I just felt something sort of igniting in me. And I was just like, there, there has to be more to this. Like I can't go, you know, my life in this, this, with this wonderful man, we're a great partnership. But I sort of felt like we were, you know, brother and sister. I, I didn't feel like we were, you know, together and, and, you know, making love and I just felt lost. So when I took the course, it, it enlightened me to so much, you know, that, I mean, that I was right in everything that I felt that it, you know, that I didn't have to be in a relationship and not experiencing sex, you know, the way that I wanted to. And that, you know, that when you're not getting it, it feels like, you know, 80% of the relationship, but when you are getting it, it's only 20% of it. Like there's so much more to it, but I just, I felt like it was just taking over me because I felt so suppressed and so not to mention that I also had um, a history of abuse when I was four um, I was abused um, for a couple of years by my best friend or close friend at the time she was in my class Um, 
in primary school, her older brother um, at four. And so I was sort of introduced to, to stuff sexually at a very young age. And I remember being five years old and being with my cousins and, and trying to do stuff with them. And my aunt telling me like, you know, what are you doing? And I didn't understand and nobody really knew what was going on. I guess I didn't know how to articulate it at a four or five year old child saying that something had happened and no one saw the signs. So um, I was sexualized at a young age and I also felt a lot of shame around sex too, you know, that with the abuse and what happened, like I felt disgusting and, you know, there's a lot of blame around that, especially when you see the person constantly. And then at, and I think it was seven or eight, I had a godmother who told me I, I was masturbating. I remember I was away in the U.S. staying with her and she must have heard me. I don't know how, but she came in and I'll never forget. She shouted at me. She told me I was disgusting and I should never do that. And I, I have this memory. I don't have very many memories of her. She died and she lived away. Um, and she died it when I was young. Um, but I have that vividly stuck in my mind and it stuck with me to the point where and whenever I used to self-pleasure, it would be hiding under the covers. I had to be, you know, um, laying on top of myself and I had to be very quiet. I couldn't show that to somebody. I couldn't open up. Um, and then again, at eight, I was abused. And then again, at 14, I was abused um, by someone very, very, very close to me. And so I had a lot of trauma sexually and I suffered from really um, horrible period pains. And also I remember distinctly, I was dating a guy and it was uh, 18, 19, 20. There was times when we would have sex and um, I would have, I would be keeled over in the most inc like the credulous pain. It was just so immense. I couldn't even describe it. It was just so immense. I would black out from the pain and I would be on the floor in fetal position. I didn't know where this was coming from or why or why it happened only with him and not other people. I just, I knew I was going through a lot and I had gone to see doctors about why this was happening to me and they couldn't explain it. And I knew that I had a lot of sexual trauma and stuff that was being stored, as they say, the body keeps score mm -hmm. that was being stored there yeah. that I didn't deal with. So I knew that I had all of that and it was I was 33. I was in this relationship with this with this amazing guy and um, I love him to pieces still to this day. We're no longer together, but I knew that something wasn't right when it came to the sexual aspect. I knew that it was a part of me. I knew it was a sensual, sexy, beautiful being. I just, I felt like I wasn't stepping into that. I wasn't shining the way that I should. And I took your course and, um, oh my, my I, I just had no clue what I was in for. It was the most amazing <laughs> thing ever. I had no clue whatsoever. And it, it, it just, so that's really what drew me to taking your course, just sort of all the stuff that happened and wanting to sort of find myself and to, to have the validation that it was okay to want to have and be with someone because I spent like five years being with him, questioning myself, you know, is sex that important? I remember asking so many different people, you know, well, when you're in a relationship, how important is sex? Well, because I wasn't getting any. So it felt like it was tremendous to me. <laughs> and everyone was, <laughs> you know, I, I was getting it, but it wasn't the sort of connection that I, I just, des I, I felt that something was missing. And so I would have all sorts of answers. Of course, people were like, it doesn't matter. It does matter. But it's something inside of me was yearning. It was my soul. My intuition was just pointing me like, you need to tap into this. You need to heal this. You need to do something about this. And so that led me to your course. 
That's amazing. And I really want to acknowledge the fact that all of these things that happened to you, somehow still within that, there was this voice for you that was saying, this can be different or this can be better. And, you know, and then even your body, which is what I hear so often, right? This stored trauma, as you said, when people have especially some kind of, pretty much always, right? Some kind of history of abuse or violation, and it shows up in the body. And it typically for women shows up as painful sex or what we call vagina on lockdown, right? Where the vagina, or at the very least, at least in a low libido, where the body, the spirit, the vagina are like, hey, we need some healing before you can come in here but most people just try to override those signals or like like you go to a doctor and the doctors never ever ever have any idea or ever make these kinds of connections around you know past history or emotional link stuff that's lingering residue in the body the, the issues in our tissues as Wim Hof likes to say and you know that's why I'm really impressed that you were able to somehow hang on to this compass within yourself and, you know, move forward towards something. And, and this is what I think we all have is this innate knowledge that our sexuality is something very different than what the pictures were painted in culture and even through some of our experiences. And it's just for some people that's buried so far that they can't ever hear that voice or it's they don't know what they don't know. And then they see a glimmer of something perhaps like say in someone like my work where I'm saying, no, 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 no. What we've been shown is a hundred percent wrong <laughs> for the most part. And there's so much more here. And then something will light up in them to be like, yes, I thought so. There was just no framework to really articulate it. Oh, absolutely. The nail on the head. That's exactly what it was. Something inside. And then with your work, I just, I just believe that it just resonated. Everything that you talk about, that you teach, that you post, it just resonated so deeply with me. And I'm like, I know this. And I, like I said, I didn't, um, I wasn't working at the time. I had, I had two young children. And um, I just made the investment with a little bit of extra money that was given to me. And it was the best thing that I ever did. I honestly, amazing. That's so wonderful to hear. So tell us more about your evolution then, or sort of your experience within the course and your awakening and then how that even, because the way that I describe orgasms are if you build them, they will come. And if you clear your blocks, they will come. And so when people are especially aspiring towards these deeper vaginal orgasms, they are complete barometers. And they're letting us know that if we're you know open and we've cleared and amount of blockage or trauma or residue then they come they flow but when they're not happening it's because there's things that still need to be addressed so I'd love to hear your journey with that absolutely so um as I expressed before when my uh my godmother at the time came in and told me that I was disgusting for you know self-pleasuring I was very young I I at that moment, I know that I made a belief that I couldn't self, it was something that was disgusting. I had to hide, I couldn't self-pleasure and I, it had to be done a certain way and it had to be done quickly and it had to be over with. That was just sort of the belief that was given to me at the time. And it stayed that way, even through um, sexual relationships that I had later, you know, when I got into a relationship with um, a guy. So when I started with your course, I remember um, you touching on, there was a, the challenge where it was to start self-pleasuring. And particularly, I remember you saying to do something 
to work on an orgasm that you had never experienced before that was unfamiliar to you. And because I do so much mindset work, I was like, well, like, you know, I, I, I have to do this because you can make anything that's familiar, <laughs> unfamiliar, and anything that's unfamiliar, you can make it familiar. And so I knew that it was just about the repetition and doing it and getting started. So I really had to work on my beliefs and tell myself over and over again that, you know, I, was, I wasn't that little girl anymore. I wasn't gonna have someone walk in uh, my house and be like, you're disgusting for self-pleasuring. And I knew that wasn't going to happen anymore, but we hold on to these things. We're still running off these old programs. Right. And that and was my thing, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, and so I was rewiring, recoding, reprogramming myself through your course, um, uh, through your work. And I started to, to touch into the G-spot self-pleasuring, particularly because I was like, you know, I could get to the cervical, but I wanted to start with that one first, because like I said, I had never... I had sort of disassociated from um, from her. Like she's definitely a, a all like she is just a gem, beautiful goddess in her own self. Your vagina. Now. We're it's talking just, about yes, yes, the yes, goddess ab- of absolutely. Your yes, she is uh, her own entity now for sure. Like and um, but before I was so disassociated from her that I was like I knew that I had to. And I, I wanted to start with the G-spot because I was like, you know, I want to know if I can actually squirt. Like, this is amazing to, to hear that people do this and that everyone, you had said that everyone can do it, you know? Yep. So that was what I started to do. I started to work with myself and I started to tell myself that it was okay to to lay on my back and to open my legs and to, to start to self-pleasure myself in a very unfamiliar way for me and to really go against the program that I had about how I was supposed to self-pleasure, you know, because if not, it was disgusting or, you know, all the rest of it. So that was really my evolution, just being able to connect with her, to touch her, to look at her, um, to be able to see her as something beautiful and, and to, to really uh, know that it was okay to to do something different and to let all of that sort of guilt and shame go around what had happened when I was that seven or eight year old you know when my godmother walked in on me and um, it didn't take very long I remember it was maybe five or six days and I just I remember you talking about another couple and how you were helping them and it took a little while so I remember the first time I did it I was like 15 20 minutes and I was still just taking my time and I was breathing and I had some beautiful music on and I was just doing it. And within five or six, maybe less than a week, it, it happened. And I was just, I just squirted and I was like, Oh my God. And I remember being like, Kim was right. This You need like sheets and towels. And I, the next time I do this, I'm going in the shower. Sure as hell. I went in the shower. Luckily I have a huge, I had a huge um, jacuzzi tub. So I was able to sit on the back and, and go oh, from yeah. there and do it. But it was amazing. Cause I was able to, once I did it and I sort of was like, Oh my God, it's, I knew that I could do it before that. It was sort of like, you know, pushing against this whole unfamiliarity of it all. And it just was so different. And, you know, of course that pushback from no return back to what's, what's, what's comfortable and what's normal, you know, in your comfort zone. And I was like, no, and I pushed through that and just the repetition, just being kind, just breathing and even visualizing it in my head. I remember thinking about, you know, how people talked about it. And I was like, okay, I don't know what to expect or what's going to happen, you know? It wasn't a spread across the room something, but it was definitely like a little, I was like, oh, wow. Like, you know, and it was from that moment on, it was easy for me to, for me to do. And it felt so liberating. It felt so good to be able to be like, oh, wow. Like I can do something different than before. I can, you know, open up. And it was just uh, amazing. So that's just a little bit of my journey from being that 
person who was closed down at such a young age and I had to hide it, you know, and I felt so ashamed about it. Even talking with friends, like I always knew that I had this sensuality about me um, when I was, you know, in my teens and getting into my 20s, but I sort of felt that shame still there. And then after I started to take this course, I was very open about it all. And like, I, I remember um, I even did a course on orgasms with uh, the company that I was working for and so many women showed up and it was so amazing to be able to share with them, you know, what I had sort of experienced and done. So really the evolution was just incredible, the transformation. And now it's even taken a next step where I've experienced having cervical orgasms now too. So, so tell amazing. me, that's wonderful. And so when you talked about, so coming into the course, you hadn't had a G-spot orgasm or squirted before. No. No. And no. so what do you think, well, first of all, how did it feel when you had your first G-spot orgasm or as you've had them? Like, what were the sensations? How would you describe what they were like for you? It was definitely in the beginning, I could feel that I knew that I was numb there. I knew I, I wasn't, I didn't, I, I knew the general area based on the anatomy that you showed us and the feet, you know, sort of feeling the area, but I didn't, it didn't, it didn't feel, I couldn't feel the sensation um, in the first couple of days. I remember just thinking, just stick with it, really, so you can do it. Like, you know, it's just sort of being my cheerleader just do it you know because it's so easy to be like oh let's just give up it's not going to work for me and I'm probably not one of those women that you know that right. the things that society makes you believe and I remember in, a, in just maybe two or three days I started to feel more there um, and I could feel sort of like I just felt I, I, I sort of likened it to like fireworks going off in 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 my vagina it just felt like I could feel like um how do I like just little fireworks going off as I started to feel more inside of her. Like I said, in the beginning, I could tell, like I could, I didn't have any sensation and then I would start to build and then I could feel where the orgasms I was having before, which, which were clitoral ones were basically like a pulsing inside of me where this was more of a, a push out of me. And I could feel that building up where I, I think in the past, I know in the past I had sort of felt that building, but I was so terrified that I was going to pee because you're not right. educated on what it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where now I was, and I was like, oh, this is fine. This is exactly what it is. I could feel that building up, and I could feel that wanting to sort of um, to, to push it out, like you said. Like it was, it was more like a, a push out, or um, I don't know what the right word is that you say, but I'm trying to think of the right word. Very it was more down, like it was out. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I just, and it just came, and I just remember being like, oh my gosh, it was an incredible feeling. Incredible. Just to, to feel going from feeling numb to feeling like oh wow i can feel this this building and it's safe and i know exactly what this is no this is not peeing this is something and, and letting myself get there you know so it was amazing and how did you experience the like what kind of because for most people the deeper vaginal orgasms g-spot ejaculation from the g-spot and cervical are accompanied by a lot of emotional release and that can range in people from crying to laughter, sometimes even things like anger and a roller coaster um, of hysterical emotions. So how is it for you? What did you notice about your emotional state? I noticed with my G-spot orgasms that I had more I had more laughter and I had I had more 
um, happy feelings, but I noticed with my cervical orgasms, I know that we're speaking more in G spots, but with the cervical ones, that was the ones that I experienced the crying. That was the ones mm-hmm. where I felt sort of overwhelmed, in, you know, like a rush of emotion going through my body. I felt overwhelmed and I wanted to cry and um, and I felt more sad of a release where the G spot ones, I felt more happy. It felt more of a, um, a happy release for mm-hmm. lack of a better word. Right. And what about the feelings in your vagina? Like you've talked about coming from a place of numbness and then feeling fireworks. And how would you, like for me, it's often like kind of a, it's very emotional, but like this full body pleasure as well that radiates out from the pelvis. Absolutely. That's exactly how I felt. I could feel it. It would come up through my pelvis. I could feel it even in my, my, my lips tingling. I could feel it down in my fingertips tingling and into my toes. I just felt like just the tingling through my whole body, especially my cervical orgasms. I can feel them going right up through my lips, right up into my eyes and into my head. It's Mm -hmm. just incredible. And how would you say that, because one of the things I talk about is the power of when a woman truly does become sexually masterful, as in well-fucked, meaning she's inhabiting her sexual energy, right? So I say that people can be well-fucked whether they are solo or in a relationship. It's all about how much you inhabit your sexual energy. That's the definition, I would say, of being well-fucked. And how, and that I talk about the things that then happen in our outer lives. So we often become more confident, we become more creative, we become more in alignment with our true gifts in the world. So what did you notice as you began to occupy more of this energy and place in yourself? What happened in your outer life? Oh boy. (laughs) I can definitely say just touching on other stuff's elements or different parts of the well-fucked woman salon that um, I started to step into my own sexuality. I was never the type of person that would have initiated before that. I I never initiated sex very much. um, And that was probably part due to my programming because, and I know I can, I hope I can speak freely on this. And I hope that maybe someone who's experienced abuse the way that I did can relate to this, but it's just so shitty, but the programming that I had was that I felt more turned on when I felt like a man was sort of taking it from me because it was taken from me before mm. than I did to be able to initiate the sex. And so that was a complete 180 for me. I remember starting to dress in, I remember I went out to this beautiful, beautiful store in Bermuda called Urban Cottage. Um, you have to check it out, Kim. It's <laughs> phenomenal. Flirty dress, I remember, and it's my absolute favorite dress in the world. It's like um, a beautiful beigey sort of nude, flirty, flowy with red flowers on it. And I just remember thinking it was the sexiest dress. And I was like, I need this dress. And it flowed. And I never liked my legs. I never would show my legs at a young age. I just had, I was just so shut down from all the abuse and the the unworthiness and um, the, the shame that you take on from what you experience with abuse that I never liked to show my body like that. Like, I, I think I had this false bravado for people in mm. the sense of I looked beautiful and I looked pretty and I was always very fit and I was always very sexy, but I never felt it. And it wasn't until after I took the well-fucked woman and I started to embody more of that feminine, that divineness within me that I started to feel like, oh, wow, like I bought that dress, still have that dress. It's my absolute favorite dress. Um, I started, I bought lingerie and I started to inhabit more of me taking control where before I wouldn't do that. And I could honestly say that some of the stuff that you teach in there with the <laughs> giving uh, blowjobs and I, I, 
I, I totally related to that because I started to experience that in the relationship that I was in at the time. And I just remember him being like, oh my God, like I have never had a woman be, and you speak about it. I can't remember which week it is in the salon. You just talk about being this unforgettable for this woman that they'll never forget and i knew that i did that to this guy like he is so funny of our sex and the the bloat jobs that i gave to him like i just i just felt so sensual and sexy and that was what i before i went into the course i just knew within me like you spoke about there was something inside me that was telling me there was more that it was okay to to like sex and then you know that what i experienced at a young age was not what it was meant to be you know that that was should have never been done to me of course and that i didn't have to stay in that old programming that i could reprogram myself re code rewire to be the woman and to embody the woman that I wanted to be and that's exactly what this course allowed me to do and it just confidence feeling beautiful like I said I couldn't even show my legs before and now like I step out in little flirty dresses I just went on a sexy hot day two weeks ago in a short red dress with no underwear on I would have never done that before <laughs> yeah exactly and I just I, you can just see eyes on you you can see men just and I know that that's not to say that it's about the attention but it's about the way that people just engage with you differently they look at you differently they just and I could feel that I could I almost felt like this light inside of me just started to really shine brighter like people were just being drawn to me you know and and even the women that I serve um, with my own business and what I do I started to notice that I was getting more women coming to me and we would touch on one element and then they would say some other stuff and I was able to help them to, to also step into that and embody that woman so i i noticed immense changes and i just it, just falling just one thing i remember particularly is how you say just to, to have a relationship with the guy that you're with but also to have a relationship with his cock and i totally took that on and i was just like like how have i been missing this my whole life like just mind blowing just feeling well fucked and fucking well like you know someone mm -hmm. else like you know it just amazing. So all of those changes, um, not to mention that I started to, <sighs> I started to look back on other relationships um, that I have been, or maybe someone that I had is a short relationship with. And I started to notice how my vagina was trying to warn me about situations. I mean, this is going to sound very weird, not weird to you, but just maybe someone else might relate to it. But I, I remember it's particularly one guy that I started to date and I didn't know that he was still seeing his ex. He told me that things were over. He was still with her. But I remember getting the worst yeast infection I had ever had in my life. And I'm like, oh. holy crap, like, how did this happen? Like, I, I was eating well, exercising. Like, I was so right everywhere. We, had, we hadn't engaged or anything yet. But I just remember getting the worst yeast infection. And I was just like, where did this come from? Like, you know, it was so bad that I actually had to go to the doctor. And I never experienced anything that bad. And um, it was my body. She was trying to tell me to get away from this guy. Like, she was sort of, and even since then, when I feel a certain way and I'm not listening to it, she will tell me, like, if I'm, I'm currently in a relationship with someone and if I'm irritated with them emotionally, if my heart is sort of hurt by something, mm -hmm. I notice it down there. In a day or two, she is totally like aggravated. She's just like, I'm not having it. She's, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. And I'm just, she's such a barometer. Now you talk about her being a compass and, you know, and like, she just is, I, I she is her, this is why I said earlier, she's her own 
entity goddess within her. She's her own person and I love her up finally the way that every woman should you know and i treat her and i love her and i look at her and i i just it's amazing so i i, <laughs> I don't know have you ever experienced that. anything like that before <laughs> well i always yes think that the vagina is the barometer and so much like again of the things that women experience regularly like bv infections and yeast infections or a lack of lubrication they just think are some random thing and that there's no relationship to their past history of, say, unresolved issues or their current situation in their relationship. And they don't think there's any connection. And of course, neither does the medical profession. But there always is. And I love that you have such an in-tune relationship that you can hear those signals. And I believe that's exactly how our bodies are meant to function, right? And that's the massive missing piece in allopathic medicine is instead of looking to the body for its messages and listening to them, we just ignore and override and deny and then like suppress with medication right and so there's never any actual healing resolution where in you in your situation like to acknowledge that your vagina is actually giving you the goods right giving you the messages of of the truth in that situation you know that's really amazing and that's the level of connection like you know to go from especially with your history where there would be this massive dissociation and numbness and you know not even like you had your experiences of abuse and then you had these outright messages like as you said from your godmother that even more reinforced this stuff and then for you to come out of that and develop this really um legitimately tangible relationship with your body with your vagina as and the way that you describe her is just so beautiful and poetic it's wonderful to hear but that she's there in service to you and you're in service to her and then you become this you know respecting each other and listening to each other kind of relationship that I say is very much not the norm especially in allopathic circles so I love, love, love hearing that. And I hear that a lot, right? Like people will describe, they'll suddenly get a yeast infection when they're supposed to have sex with their partner, you know, where they're, they're, they have a lot of unresolved issues in the space. And so that's often, that's right. you know, we hear that all the time. And then I really loved hearing about how people react to you because you said something earlier about kind of like a bravado of sexiness or attractiveness. And I see this a lot with women, like putting on a certain kind of energy that does doesn't really look like it's coming from within, right? But they're putting on the sexy clothes and the kind of energy of sexiness, but they're actually not really embodying sexiness. It's almost like that energy is is anti-sexiness. Like it's it's this false sexiness that isn't even from the inside. And for you to t- and this is the reaction is that people when you're really owning that you're radiating that and people pick up on it and this is what I talk about the quality of being well fucked that is it shows itself in the world right people are you act like a beacon like you said of light and radiance and people are just attracted to that and you're not trying to be attractive you're not trying to pick people up you know you're just being yourself and what you're not doing is suppressing what's naturally there because I think so many women grow up with negative sexual attention. And one of the first things that we learn to do is to invert that, 
right? Instead of getting this attention, let's say from a young and sensitive age, they start to cover up, they hunch over, they hunch their shoulders, they don't want to show off their breasts because suddenly they're getting this weird attention. And they do that in general with their sexuality because they're taught that if you're, you know, an overtly healthily sexual woman, you're going to be attacked. Or if you get attacked, it's your fault, right? There's so much messaging that goes to shut down even the whole Madonna whore archetype that goes to shut down women's sexuality and to truly break through all of that and own it you do you become this like pied piper of, of like sexual beauty to lead people and to show them what's possible and you know and then people yeah they react to you and I think people are just they're just fascinated because it's such a rare thing to see is someone who's really owning and inhabiting their sexuality in a healthy way right in a healthy self-love and honoring way that it's a rarity and it really does get people's attention because it's just so unusual to see it's sort of it's sort of enchanting for yes. for you know that's what it is that's what I can just and that's how I felt and I even had a man come to me and he's like you're such an enigma like why are you, mm. I feel so enchanted by you and I was just I was out having a drink with a friend and he just came and I was just like okay wow like it's it, it, it's incredible how people react to you when you are and you're you have that glow right and it's just like you said you're rating it out every pore just this but it's true to who you are you're being authentic you feel it at such a deep level like it, it doesn't even matter if someone was to come along and that's another thing that a lot of this work did for me too before I used to be so self-conscious like I said I used to hide my legs and hide my body even though like I would have people come to me and be like you should model for swimsuits and you have such a gorgeous you're so fit and I just didn't the image was so so misconstrued like so skewed you know and um after I started doing this, I started to like, I could look at myself in the mirror and I could feel sexy and I, I could own it. And I loved my body and I could touch it. And I could, you know, now I dance to love songs by myself and I just touch my, my body and just have this sensual dance. And I just feel amazing. You feel so good about yourself and you don't worry about what other people think anymore. I remember just the other day, someone came to me and they're like, Oh, do you sort of like your stomach like that? And I was like, what are you talking about my stomach like what and I have actually happened to be sitting down and I just ate a plate of food oh sort of plump and they they sort of tapped my belly and what? before the old release I would have taken that and I would have been like oh my god like I have to go exercise and I'm not good enough I'm not skinny enough and it just would have been this whole not enoughness and now mm. I'm just and I just sort of was like of course I'm gonna look like this I just ate a big plate of food and I'm sitting down anyone's gonna have a belly and they sort of were taken aback by it because I think they expected the old releaser to jump back into that sort right. of like the, the excuses of why it was where I was. And I was just sort of like, I owned it. And I was just like, I, you cannot make me hate my body. You cannot make me feel any way negative towards it. I spent so many years feeling that way and I will never ever be there again. And I'm going to just love it up until, you know, till the day I die. Like, you know, so it's, yeah, it's just amazing. That's fantastic. And I think that's another quality of being well fucked is this imperviousness, right? Is that you develop this shield around you that people's stuff just kind of, you know, pings off of, right? Where they, it's, it's so weird that story anyway, I mean, in terms of that person and saying something like that, you know, and that energy of almost wanting to 
hurt and then boom boomerangs back off of you to be like whatever you know (laughs) because your self-love and your truth comes from within and that is then impenetrable right or it's not up for grabs right it's not sensitive to a little you know insult from someone or attempt of an insult because whatever it goes so much deeper than that so that's another really great example of owning that and being, like I said, impervious to that kind of energy. And with the Well Fucked Woman course, just touching on a little bit of the other elements, like with the breast massage and you just teaching us about our bodies and getting rid of blocks, it really, that element helped me to tap into the self-love part and getting rid of, you know, feeling the shame around my vagina and my body. And so when I went through the entire course, um, obviously the amazing G-spot part of it too, but the through combining that with the course and just how I came out of it, like you said, just that feeling of not letting things in from before. I was just, it sort of raised this awareness around how I had been with my body before and how I wasn't going to ever let myself be like that ever again. Like I said, she became a goddess to me. And I was like, well, if that's how I feel about her, well, what about my legs, which I hated my whole life and my arms and my belly and my this, that I was so unkind to, you know? And as I started to do this breast massage and touch my body and, you know, I started to really praise my body and send it positive loving energy and I was just like well there's no way I'm gonna let someone else come in and try to say something about me because obviously if someone's gonna be that critical to me unhappy people don't will will bring you down happy people don't have to bring you down you know so I knew within myself that it was something to do with them and how they felt about them where before the old me would have been like oh my god I would have totally internalized that where it was like you said a boomerang and it externally just bounced off of me and I'm like I'm not letting that in like there's no way like you must be so unhappy and you must be the most critical to yourself for you to speak to me like that because I know I'm happy and I know that I'm so loving to myself now finally at 30 almost 36 and I would never say that to somebody else ever even if they had the biggest belly sticking out I would never go to them do like your belly like this so I just knew it sort of gives you an awareness about so many other things um and people and like you said just things bouncing off of you because you just you love yourself Mm -hmm. now in a way that you didn't before so I just had this vision too of like when you're connected to the yoni and you're And then it acts as a much better, like you're very selective and discriminating about what comes in and what comes out. And it just, I just saw this parallel between even these energies in general, right? Like what you let in, as you say, and then what you just shove away, (laughs) like not interested. Exactly. Yeah. That's so, all of this is so excellent. Thank you so much for sharing your stories. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, you're so welcome. It's absolutely my pleasure. Um, like I said, I am just super excited that I'm actually speaking to you. You, It's just amazing, just the shifts that I've made in my life and just the validations about things that were in my heart. The shifts that I experienced, the transformation, the evolution ultimately that I experienced through this course um, led me to actually take your vaginal kung fu course as well too. And um, the two courses together have really just been um amazing in in me reclaiming my power back and me owning the you know the fact that i was given this beautiful amazing body to love and that pleasure is something that's wonderful and that i can share it with someone that i choose and you know because a lot of people that experience abuse if there's so much shame and there's so much um unworthiness and just sort of this ugly feeling about about 
yourself and disassociating from your parents. I really hope that sharing my story will help someone else to see that these courses, particularly the well-fucked woman, can can awaken that in you and that you can go on and um, have these amazing G-spot orgasms and cervical orgasms and all types of orgasms. So and radically change your life and your whole absolutely yeah being as a woman that's amazing thank you you're welcome i love release's story because here is someone who has had all kinds of blocks and sexual traumas imposed upon her in addition to the regular garden variety misinformation and suppression that we are all graced with growing up in a sexually repressed society and she's overcome them. I love that she still, in spite of all that happened to her, had that voice inside that was guiding and directing her towards healing and evolution. And she followed it, and look at her now. Amazing inspiration. You too can be a well-fucked woman. This is the Anami Creed and Guarantee. Everyone can. They just need the right tools, and I've got them for you. The How to Be a Well-Fucked Woman Salon is open now for registration. This is my ultimate How to Live, Love, and Orgasm and Give the Best Blowjobs Ever class that ought to be the fundamental sex education for all women. We go deep into the transformational, life-changing vaginal orgasms, the G-spot, and the cervical, and I show you exactly how to get there. We cover everything from physical technique to the deeper themes of opening and trust and surrender. You'll get it all and you get it from me guiding you every step of the way. You can sign up at my website, kimanami.com under sexual savant salons and look for the well-fucked woman. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe and also leave a review and send someone else the gift of a healthy libido and an off the charts love life by sharing this episode with them. We'll be back next week. And in the meantime, many happy orgasms.